Thanks for joining us on Coast to Coast Pest Talk. Okay, okay hit, hit it up. All right. Welcome back, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to Coast to Coast Pest Talk. I'm your host, Gabe, with Pest Patrol, joined here by Andy Snefsky with Perimetech Pest Management, hailing from Syracuse, New York. Today, we're going to be talking about multi-unit strategies that actually work, as opposed to most multi-unit strategies. Being newer to the industry, I think I've probably experienced some of the, oh my goodness, I have no idea what I'm doing aspect of it, um, especially when I was first starting out. Really? Okay. So um, I'd imagine probably like not on the pest side of the equation, but like on managing, dealing with the bureaucracy and the situation and yep. te- okay tell tell us about this i want to hear well, it. and and i would add um on from like a software side my software had a whole multi-unit element to it that i had never used before and oh, so geez. i was just treating everything as though it was a single unit so um it was just getting all jumbled when you'd have a big apartment complex that had a bunch of different treatments that needed to be done um so some of it was just like organizational as well on my side. Yeah. I, I, and I think that's a, an area, you, you know, touching right at the heart of it is that the organization of like keeping track of what you're doing, when, where, what units, what, you know, what needs to be done, what has been done, uh, documenting records, all these things. This is where multi-unit housing ends up being like just a, just a beast of a, a monster to sort of deal with. Yeah. So we have, uh, an apartment complex owned by our local housing authority. Um, and they had, so, oh man. So like a year ago, we started doing weekly treatments. We did a big clean out of the whole thing. Everything was under control. Started doing weekly treatments, got everything basically good. Um, it's really, really about as, um, as bad as it gets in terms of what we've seen so far. Um, and so we were pretty happy with our success rate and then they stopped like what, four or five months in, they stopped service Mm. and, um, and then had nothing for like six months. And now the place is an absolute disaster. And they called us back in and said, can you do another, can you do another clean out? We're like, are we going to? Are we going to do this again? So we so we did it again. So we said, hey, well, we'll so this we did about half the units and it was even worse than the first time. How what scope are we talking? Like how many units are we talking in this? this um, so what we just did, it was last last week we did it. Um, that would have been what, like uh, like 30 units for that one. And then like common areas, hallways. Okay. Okay. Random. It's an interesting setup because they have like their units are really small and then they have like shared bathroom spaces. Okay. Sure. Um, so like kind of community, community bathrooms and stuff. So we treated all those common areas and then about 30 units. Oh my God. And what was this for? What was the target organism? Bed bugs and cockroaches. Oh, I mean, exactly what you would have think, what you would yeah, have thought. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think in, in multi-unit housing for the most part, Bed bugs, roaches, and and rodents. That's yeah. That's really the the bread and butter um, of that uh, of that environment. What we ran into quickly with that one was they just the management company didn't do a good job communicating, and then they'd post notices, and the people wouldn't 
um, abide by them or they yeah. wouldn't let yeah. us into their apartments. It's just like that kind of yeah. hassle, you know? Yeah. So is that, I mean, is that, is that normal at all in the multi-unit world? Which part? That they um, post notices and everybody ignores them? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Really? It, okay. It, so, so in my experience, um, the, they will, there's some property managers that will be very good about notifying tenants that were, you know, coming and what, what day and what time. Um, there's some that are terrible and never report. And, and there's always a percentage of the residents that are going to ignore it or decline access or right. anything like that. Um, the best scenarios we've run into at over time, uh, the tenants, if you're, if you're very consistent with it, become accustomed to the process. Like, oh, gotcha. okay, yes, every whatever, three months, they're going to be in to do an inspection and treatment and yada, yada. Um, so then they're, they're used to it. Uh, we have sort of a, a fairly specific protocol that we've developed to sort of address this exact, this exact problem. Now, success is going to really depend, though, on the, the relationship between you and the, uh, the property manager. And they, yeah. they're willing to do some of the things that they need to do um, with smaller properties, with fewer units. We may take over some of that management, contact tenants directly. They'll give us, you know, contact information. We'll contact, but that's on really small scale. Right. When you're dealing with, you know, a 300 unit building, it's really not feasible for us to, to deal with that. Yep. Um, so, so really uh, on the front end, um, figuring out how big the problem really is and then coming up with a strategy of, of attacking it. And in some cases, figuring out how big the problem is, is part of the problem. <laughs> like, uh, you know, right. you have 300 units and the maintenance guy says, oh yeah, we got problems in half of them or we got problems in 20 of them or whatever. Okay. You, you think you do, or you know, you do in 20 of them, but you may have, you know, a, a huge number that are unreported. And, and it almost always goes that the, the worst ones are the ones that aren't reporting most of the time. Yes. You know, you'll find those reservoir populations, those little roach bomb apartments that are full. Oh, no, they never they never say anything. Well, yeah, <laughs> they're spilling them out to every, everybody else. <laughs> so we've largely started to sort of ignore those self-assessment reports Yeah. Fr yep. from people. Um, when you talk to the maintenance guy, he may be like, yeah, 95% of our units are totally infested. And then you run through them and their self-assessment is invariably wrong. And you'll, yep. you'll find what the, what the truth actually is. If, if there's any of our listeners or watchers um, that are like me and that when I first started, I didn't have a multi-unit capacity set up in my point of sale. So I was okay. using field routes. I didn't know they had a multi-unit side. And so I was treating everything like single units um, find out how to do that in your, if you're using any of the main software systems, they're going to have that and make sure you're doing that. Cause it really, it saves you tons of time. Um, it's way more, uh, thorough, way more legal. <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. sure. You could just put it, you could put everything out on a, on a notepad and keep it in a file, but, um, yeah, having that electronic source is so invaluable. I think this this is kind of the areas where people fall down. Like your your run of the mill, say like residential, really good customer service pest control company that's maybe a couple couple guys, you know, doing great service. 
runs into like an administrative nightmare when you start looking at like a 300 unit high rise that's a, has a complex situation that you got to be able to get a, a handle on um, and provide that sort of support. It, it gets out of hand like it immediately, like yeah. like as soon as you walk in the door, it, yep. it's it's can be totally out of hand. Yep. Yeah. Um, it, would you recommend? So, in my experience, you have the units that are, or uh, the complexes that are um really bad tend to get really bad and you got to be really on top of and then i have a whole group of what are generally newer build um probably higher income uh apartment complexes that aren't as crowded and those i generally am doing um just as needed and sometimes they'll call me out two or three times a year for their 300 units right um do you do you do that same procedure for all of your multi-unit? No, there's some apartment complexes that have very few problems. You may have a few ants, you may have yep. whatever. Some of the questions that I will ask up front, I mean, some of them, you know, if it's like, okay, this is public assisted housing authority, yeah, housing, right. yep. low income housing, you're probably running into problems. And I, over the years, I've kind of come to the thought that like, it's not a, it's not a problem of income necessarily, um, but a lot of times it's a problem of transience of yes. the people in there. So you'll have, uh, say, a 200-unit housing authority building may have 50% of those people that turn over every year. Like you, 100 yep. of those 200 rooms have new people in them. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you go to Easy. some of the other co- apartment complexes, um, that are just standard, you know, apartments and whatnot, and their turnover rate is way lower. So yep. with that, your likelihood of reintroducing problems is a lot lower if you have longer, the longer term the tenant is. You're just right. going to have the problems that those tenants have. If they're not moving in or out, yeah, they can get reintroduced with activity and they find, you know, bed bugs somewhere or whatever. But if you have half your building is turning over and you're taking people from other low income housing situations and moving them in and then out. And then the next one in your chances of getting back to a problem are like nearly a hundred percent. Right. Yep. So, so that's kind of the differentiation there. I'll, I'll usually ask people like how, how many, what percentage do you have turnover every year um, to sort of gauge that? Cause we'll have low income housing that doesn't turn over really bad and mm-hmm. we don't have nearly the problems. Um, so it's not, that's why I said that the, whether it's low income subsidized housing or not, isn't really the factor. It's how much they have people turning over in there. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. That's a, that's a really great point. Um, so you have a subset of them that are going to need that just largely because of that turnover, they're going to need that constant attention. And then you maybe have a subset that they can be more as needed, Absolutely. And and so those ones we'll put on sort of a different a different program for those multi units. So some of them, if they if they're prone towards rodent activity and problems, we'll put them on a rodent maintenance uh, program, you know, a monthly rodent maintenance program. Some of them that have, you know, insect issues or issues they want response in each unit, we'll put them on a um, uh, on a weekly weekly standing appointment or every other week standing appointment, depending on their uh, need profile. Um, where we'll block out time every single week or every other week. And it's like, 
you know, second Tuesday of the month is your time, and they'll just batch complaints or work orders to that time. So, like, you'll yep. show up and have four or five units with, you know, these saw ants, these saw bees and wasps, these saw whatever, um, pop in there, take care of them. Yeah, that totally, that totally makes sense. And that's I've experienced that same thing. I'd say most of the newer accounts that we're getting fall in that second category, um, yeah. which which is really nice. So it tends to just be exterior-based stations, and then we'll do like a set. You know, hey, while we're out, we can treat up to four or five interiors, whatever. Yeah. Another issue we'll have is on like a, we'll have a monthly uh, exterior rodent station, and then we'll give them maybe a set number um during that service and then they'll call and they'll say hey can you come out tomorrow we have an emergency right and trying to deal trying to determine okay can we can we reschedule their actual you know monthly service for that time and if not what do you bill them then right yes having a a, 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 and making sure that's clear in your in your bidding and all that yeah, no, you you nailed it. You get you got this down. So yeah, we have a higher rate if it's a if it's a on demand service. So we're there every Tuesday, let's say, and they want us there on a Thursday because something happened. We just have to be there. It's a higher rate to do that apartment unit pricing um, to to go out yep. for a one off. Yeah, we had, we had people, boy, years and years ago. It was probably twelve years ago where we had a homeowners association and the president of the homeowners association was this old guy. And he thought he would do property management for the whole complex there. And one summer he had called, he would call us literally every single day. So we were going to this one, you know, it was a bunch of like townhouses every single day and be like, okay, there was ants here. And then we're like, okay, do you have any more? Nope. Nope. We're good. Next day. Oh, we saw some wasps over by this garage. Okay. Anything dude, dude, you got to put these together. Nope. Nope. Nothing. And it just, it was like three weeks and we're like, okay, we're not doing this anymore, man. Like this is no good. (laughs) We got to get a handle on this. Yeah. We've, we've experienced the same thing and our, yeah, our per, like on those ones, it ends up being pretty darn close to as if we were treating like a single family home for a one-off. Um, so we really try and incentivize them to, hey, just if you can, batch it in with your other service. In terms of pricing those type of jobs out, um, for ones that you're going through and having to do, you're saying, hey, you've got 300 units and we're going to hit each of these units you know, four times this year, um, for the maintenance side, does that end up being considerably more expensive than, um, doing like, we're going to do some exterior stations and then you have up to whatever, five, five Um, doors each time we're out. Okay. So yeah, we have some of them that it is significantly more expensive to cycle through them. Um, some of them we've put them on an on-site rate plan doing this so it uh what's that mean so instead of coming up with like okay we're gonna do let's say we're gonna do i don't know 30 units per visit weekly okay something like that or 25 units per visit and going okay i think this might take me two hours to get through so i'm gonna bill you whatever your our, our rate's 150 an hour so so 300 bucks or whatever it is per per week Okay, that that's fine. But what if it doesn't take you that long, or what if it takes you significantly longer? Gotcha. Yeah. So with 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 the ones that have worked out the best, 
we get them on an on-site rate plan. So the technician shows up, clocks in at the, at the service site. He starts, and we bill them per time. So the time yep. that we're on site doing the work. So if we get there and those 30 units take us three hours, we bill for three hours. Okay. And it depends on the, the mix of units. You get a whole run of, you know, 29 of the units needed treatment and it was a pain. It takes you a long time. Then you go in 30 units. There's not a single thing in any of them. And right. You, go, you, you burn through those in an hour. Yeah. Benefit from that. Um, you know, because you have a reduced so it, so the price is variable week to week, and you, we we invoice it monthly, so you batch batch invoice it for the month. Um, but what we found is that it will naturally have price reductions based on their problem level. Mm-hmm. So you start out, and where we've done these, um, the first year might be you know fifty thousand dollars in revenue, or well, I say revenue in cost for them. Um, for that first year, because everything was a problem. You're going through that building yep. every week. It's a mess. You're doing follow-ups. You're doing, you know, tons of things. That you go through a quarter, two quarters of that it starts getting easier and easier. A year later, you're there for half the time. Now they're paying twenty-five thousand a year. Maybe you're getting them down to fifteen thousand. You know, you you keep at it. You don't give up and just stay on that program. We've had ones where they did this, like you're saying, they did this for a while, they got it solved and then stopped. Everything, a year later, boom, we're back at it. Or they even, we had one that that stopped doing this program and just started doing a call-in. Yep. Well, why don't, you just put, why don't you just put out for some stations, check for rodents, and then we'll just call you when there's problems. Yep. And you start doing whack-a-mole, 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 and it's getting worse and worse and worse. You're yep. not addressing the whole structure. And then they go back on it, takes about a year, boom, you're d- down. The ones that have rebounded like that, they stay on that. Once yeah. they've seen, okay, I, you're, not, you're not lying to me, this makes sense, and just stay the course. And then you'll get to sort of the, the minimum level cost-wise that they, can, they, that they should be paying. You know, yep. you're, you're there every week, you're cycling through all the units quarterly, you're keeping tabs on everything, and they're paying whatever, you know, 100, 150 a week or something like, you know, something like that, um, which ends up being reasonable and, and ends up there, once you have it sort of in that, in that good place, that usually is less than if we had done the whack-a-mole or the oh, yeah, unit by unit, whatever. Um, well, and so you that, actually have yeah. the problem under control. Right, so you have you have better service results for the tenant, less yeah. hassle for the manager, and the the right price that's say sort of saving the money. But it can take. I usually tell people in my experience, it takes a year to get you from yep. a mess to okay. This is this is pretty reasonable. Yeah, um, and if the, if you set that expectation up front, then you don't have you know trouble with that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's good info for me to. Uh, have even for that trouble account because I think just communicating expectations to that yeah. property manager that like hey it really was going great we stopped it's a big mess again we got to stay on this yeah yeah you can't you can't let up and and because they'll they'll want to be like when will you have this solved and the answer is when are you not going to have people in here that's when right. it'll be solved that's when it'll be done because you're not moving <laughs> new people in that's, yep. There's no, there's no done, you know, with this sort of job. 
I tell people, remember that you're sort of in the middle between tenant and landlord. Yeah. And try to stay as neutral as you can. Yeah. And like, don't throw either one of them under the bus. I know the, the landlord, the property manager is paying, paying the bill. So they're ultimately the boss. But the tenant can't just see you as being their little minion. Like, you kind of have to be like, I'm a neutral party. I'm here just to help and and make things better for you guys. I'm, yeah. I'm going to work to try to fix this. Because um, if you're seen as the adversary with the landlord, there could be eviction proceedings or, you know, all kinds of things that are going on. Um, and when you try to, say, take a picture of that kitchen sanitation problem, they're immediately thinking, well, they're looking for evidence and they're trying to pin it on me and this yep. and that, whatever. So just do your best to kind of keep neutral in that. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, and even, oh, man. Yeah, that, that just brings back that brings back memories of, we've only just had a couple where tenants have taken landlords to court. Um, yeah, it's always pretty brutal. It, it can be. It can be. It's rough. Yeah. And, and yeah. Our, what our what our attorney always says is, um, you want to have the the most important thing you can have is contemporaneous notes. Yes. You can have things that you wrote down. Like we'll a lot of times include with our data collection, it will include the um, reports of the tenant right then. So on you know eleven seven tenant reported no activity seen in the previous three weeks. And we didn't observe any activity because what will happen is a week later, you'll get a call. They saw a roach and they'll say, we ne- we've always seen, we, we, they never went away. We've always seen roaches. And if you right. can point back to be like, yes, a week ago we were there. Your report was you had not seen roaches in three weeks. We also confirmed we hadn't seen roaches. Monitors didn't have roaches. So are you lying now or are you lying then? Yep. I mean, you, you have to be sort of that detailed and sort of granular um, anything that the tenant tells me at the time, I will definitely uh, want to notate that. Yeah. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, as always, like and subscri- subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast. And we're getting pretty close to 20 episodes. I think we're 21, 22 here. And uh, don't forget to join our LinkedIn Coast to Coast Pest Talk group because it's going down in the Coast to Coast group. Thanks for listening.